Welcome back to the Petrine Studios. I hope you can hear and appreciate the improved audio from our new microphones. We want to say two words to you. One, Happy New Year, whether it's liturgical New Year or calendar New Year. And then most especially during this time of Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. So I'm here with Sister John Marion again. This month and next month, we're going to do just a little bit of an interview, a Q&A about a couple of different styles of praying with scripture for meditation and for mental prayer. So today we have our expert sitting across the table from me, Sister John Marion on Ignatian meditation. So Sister John Marion, could you share with us a little bit about what is Ignatian meditation? Yes. Well, thank you, Blake. I'm not really an expert, except I just haven't given up in the last several years. <laughs> so, But Ignatian meditation has been such a gift for me. And it comes from St. Ignatius of Loyola, who really saw the beauty of entering into the life of Jesus, into specific moments of his life, and bringing ourselves into the scene and being able to picture ourselves there with him and encounter him just as if we were living with him. The concept that he has is that we would gaze with love on these moments of Jesus's life. So he kind of has a few steps he walks us through. The first one is just entering into the presence of God just becoming aware of his love. And the way that Ignatius calls it is he says, just look at the Lord gazing at you with love. And sometimes that could be the whole prayer, but that's always the first step is just being loved by him. And then the second step, Ignatius always suggests to ask for a grace because when we make our desires known to God, he enlarges our heart to be able to receive that desire. So ask him for something, like ask him for a deeper sense of his mercy or ask him for clarity in his work in your heart or intimacy with him and his humanity. But whatever it is, come before him with open hands and asking. The next step that Ignatius suggests is to prayerfully read through the scripture seen in the life of Jesus or a psalm or something from the Old Testament, but really pay attention to the words and ask the Holy Spirit to draw you into the prayer. And then especially if it's a scene in Jesus's life, he kind of gives three points. Look at the persons, listen to the words, and observe the actions and just enter into the scene. Kind of an example of this, a few years ago I was praying on the Adoration of the Magi and was entering into that scene and was happened to be one of the Magi. At that time in my life I was having a hard time with my own poverty and the fact that I was just not as good as I thought I was. I had this huge pride and was just finding myself to be very sinful and weak. So as I was entering into this scene of like the beauty of Jesus's birth, I was feeling very unworthy to be there and as if I had nothing to offer him besides just being disgusting to him and just thinking like, well, Jesus is very kind, but he's just tolerating me. And so it came my turn to offer my gift after the Magi had all offered their very beautiful gifts. When I looked at Jesus in the manger, he was looking at me with such great love. I noticed in my hand, all I had was a little piece of dryer lint, which was quite pathetic looking, but I could see in his love, the the love that he had for my poverty. And that was transforming for me. Even though that's been years ago, I now have this, like that grace that he gave has not gone away of being able to receive his love in that poverty. And so I gave him that small dryer lint. Um, Mary put it underneath his ear where the hay was poking him. And so it just was this beautiful like giving and receiving. He gave me his love so that I could give myself back to him. Ignatius suggests talking to the people, talking to Mary, to Jesus, to Peter, to John, or just going and being next to them, being with them in the boat, hearing Jesus's voice, speaking with them, and just really entering into the scene. And through that, 
being able to encounter Jesus. And then the last thing that Ignatius always recommends is to end with what he calls a colloquy, which is just a cry from the heart. Like, what is your response to having spent this time with Jesus? And even if it has seemed very dry and there's nothing, there's always like something that our heart desires from God that we could say, like just gratitude or love or contrition, anything that is just coming from our heart. And then Ignatius always recommends ending with the Our Father, since that was the perfect prayer that Jesus taught us. So that's Ignatian meditation in a nutshell. Mm, wonderful. So you said that grace stayed with you. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself with that grace that you ask for relating it to your meditation, or is it just something that's maybe on your heart as you enter into prayer? It kind of depends, because sometimes it's something that is clearly from the prayer. Like, it was something inspired that Jesus had desired to give me that I hadn't even been aware of until I entered into the prayer. And sometimes, too, it's just a cry of the heart that has been something that's happened during the day or something that I'm wrestling with or struggling with and that kind of just surfaces again. So it kind of depends on the day, but it's very personal. For my brain, I would think very much structure it. Uh But... That doesn't leave room for the Holy Spirit. And so I was interested to hear that. Mm -hmm. And then also in my brain, because I maybe have a problem with entering into the scene and imagination. Mm -hmm. How do you know the difference between what is imagination and then what are you praying with? That's a really good question, because I've wrestled with that, too. And thinking, especially after like a grace like that, thinking, well, I just made that up. So how is this actual prayer? And I talked with a priest a few years ago who was able to clarify the difference So there's Christian imagination, which is our imagination as the Holy Spirit guides us into the prayer. And then there's fantasy. And so I'll I'll use those two terms just to keep it separate. Christian imagination as inspired by the Holy Spirit is when we use our faculty of imagination to freely enter into the scene and interact with God. Fantasy is different in that we are choosing to use our imagination, but instead the focus is often on us. We become the center of everything. We become the hero. It's very introspective. We're just focused on ourselves. And when we would end, like when I've ended uh, what I thought was prayer, which was really just fantasy, you don't feel that sense of a deeper relationship with Jesus. You feel more isolated because of it. Whereas in Christian imagination, Jesus is the center. He's the one who's healing, speaking, being silent, being waited upon, being present, but he's at the center. Another way to kind of gauge this too is that Christian imagination is rooted in reality, and because of that, it has long-lasting effects. So the Holy Spirit might inspire something in our imagination that's really just making known what is already present in us. Like for instance, like the dryer lint was almost a symbol of my poverty, but the Holy Spirit was allowing me to see it only through my imagination, but it was already there. Fantasy is not rooted in reality, so it's making up something. And so the effects of fantasizing are not long-lasting. You can't change your life based on something that you have made up or created. So Christian imagination is a lot of receiving from Jesus versus being the one who's trying to make something happen. So oftentimes when I enter into a scene, I will just ask the Holy Spirit to guide and then read through the passage and just see what stands out and then just kind of meditate on that. Maybe it strikes me that Bartimaeus is called the blind man. Then I just focus on being blind, trusting that the Holy Spirit has something for me in that blindness rather than trying to create the entire scene. Those are just a couple things that I found have been helpful. When I hear you speak about that, it sounds like you need patience. 
Yes. And perseverance. So mm-hmm. patience, a sense of you are taking steps back to let the Holy Spirit work. And then perseverance is don't give up. You're going to have to go through the trial and errors, it sounds like, that you have yes. in your prayer. Is that a good way to sum up? That's Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. And realizing that by the fruits, you will know them. Mm. How is this bearing fruit in my life? And maybe this isn't the type of prayer that your heart is naturally drawn to. And that's okay. Yeah. Then you don't have to get frustrated. There's a lot to be said about that. Next month, we will actually talk about what we would consider, quote-unquote, Lexio Divina, which is a more monastic way of praying with Scripture, which is how I primarily pray with Scripture and meditate. There are different strokes for different folks. The Lord has given us all beautiful charisms and spiritualities, and there's different modes of praying all share the same heart, which is the beating heart of our Lord coming to us, encountering us, looking and longing for us. So what we thought we would do to end this podcast is just walk you through an Ignatian meditation. And so if you join us in prayer, Sister John Marion is going to lead us on a short Ignatian meditation The blessing of the pause button is at your finger. And so make sure that you take a pause and really enter into this. When we send this out, we'll send a few other scripture passages that you can use and possibly run through this method to pray with. Thank you, Blake. So as we enter into this time of prayer, just take a moment to just quiet yourself, quiet your body and your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, we ask you to make known to us the loving gaze of the Father upon us. And look at the Lord looking at you with love. As the Lord looks at you with love, whether you can sense it or whether you know it by faith, what springs from your heart as a desire that you would ask from him? And if nothing is coming to mind, just tell him that you want to enter into this prayer. We are going to meditate on the Last Supper when Jesus is speaking with his apostles before he dies. So this passage can be found in John 14, verses 1 through 7. So as I read, ask the Holy Spirit how he wants to move your heart. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you also may be. 
and you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. Henceforth you know him and have seen him. St. Ignatius would recommend to you to picture yourself in the upper room. Picture what it might have looked like. How the room was furnished. How Jesus was in the center of the table and how the apostles were arranged around the table. And where are you? Are you next to Jesus, very close to him? Do you feel like you would rather be far away from him? Do you feel unworthy of him or in awe of him? And I'm going to read this passage again in a moment. And as I do, Look around and observe the people, the expressions on the apostles' faces, or maybe you're just captivated by Jesus' face, by his words here, this moment before he dies. And observe the actions of the people and sink into this scene as I read it again. And I'm going to pause afterwards for a brief moment so that um, you can just explore the scene. Uh, maybe if you have a question to ask Jesus, or if you just want to sit with him, or if you are just feel drawn to do something or say something or um, to ponder something, I'll give you a few moments of silence just to be with him in these words. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you also may be. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. Henceforth you know him and have seen him.
as you are here with Jesus, what is something that just springs from your heart, a colloquy? Um, is it gratitude? Is it petition? Desire? Contrition? But you can voice it now. Um, and you can be very honest and vulnerable with Jesus. And let us close with an Our Father together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was a little short, so feel free to go back and just be with Jesus in the upper room afterwards, after this. And I'm excited too for Blake to share the way that he prays as well. Maybe that will resonate with you if this does not. Prayer is a gift. Prayer is a gift. May God bless you. Goodbye. <laughs>